0: A woman was at a bus stop when she noticed that there was a bag rustling and moving. She initially thought it might be a squirrel, so she didn't really think anything of it, but it just continued to make noise, and so her curiosity got the best of her, and she thought, I need to discover what's actually going on in this bag. And as she got closer to the bag, to her shock and horror, this is what she found in the bag. It was a two-day-old baby. This is a true story. And she thought, this must be a mistake. The mother must have accidentally you know, left this baby here. And so she frantically started to look to see if she could find the mother, but she couldn't. And so in that moment, she had a choice. She could either ignore the child. She could say, you know, it's someone else's responsibility. Or she could choose to embrace the child. Thankfully, she chose to embrace the child. She went to the police station to get help and to hopefully find the parents. 2,000 years ago, figuratively and literally, God dropped a baby on the doorstep of this world in Bethlehem. And like the woman at the bus stop, we can choose to either ignore this child This child isn't really for me, maybe for someone else, or we can choose to embrace this child. So who was this baby, and what is the significance for us today? Well, today we're continuing our series called The Mystery of the Manger, and we're discovering different difficult concepts and ideas revolving around the manger scene 2,000 years ago. And the importance of this baby that God gave to this world. If you're a fan of Scooby-Doo, Fred would often say, well gang, looks like we got another mystery on our hands. I'm going to put this baby down here, just right in the manger. We've got a mystery, some different ideas and some concepts to understand. And so, why is this birth so important? Well, God did something amazing, miraculous, even. This was not an ordinary birth. Rather, it was a supernatural event because it was the incarnation of God Himself. It was God revealing Himself to this world. It was God taking up residence in our world. It was Jesus, God in human form. Jesus' birth was foretold by prophets. It was proclaimed by an angel. He was conceived miraculously in a virgin through the Holy Spirit. God walked and lived among us. He lived a sinless life to bring people out of darkness and into glorious light. We believe this child, this baby, is our Savior. John 3.17, God sent his Son into this world, not to condemn this world, but to save this world through him. He is our Savior. Jesus came to redeem, to restore, to deliver us from the penalty and power of sin in our life. The real mystery this Christmas is not necessarily the birth of Jesus. I believe the real mystery this Christmas is why would someone not embrace Jesus, our Savior, our Redeemer, our God. Our topic this morning is God with us. Next slide. Our topic this morning is God with us. And for the purpose of today, we're going to be looking at the name of Jesus at his birth and the title of Jesus at his birth. So we're going to be looking at the significance of Jesus' name at his birth and the title that was given to him. Have you ever noticed that people are more bold to do something when other people do it with them? You know, a person is more likely to sign up for a diet plan or a workout plan if another friend does it with them. A child is more likely to get on a ride if their parent is sitting right next to them. A couple is more likely to go on a cruise if another couple goes with them. And I have one friend, I describe them as, they're the only person that can get me to do the very thing that I don't want to do. They, they push me outside of my comfort zone, and typically they're pretty good experiences. I remember one time we were in Florida, and my friend had the idea to rent two sea-doos, to rent two sea-doos to go out into the ocean, and we weren't just going to, you know, zoom around on the waves, but he had the idea, let's go look at sharks. Let's go look at sharks, and so I remember I was on the sea dew and Literally, a shark went underneath my sea dew. And in that moment, I thought, oh, this is really cool. And then another moment of, I'm glad I'm not going to fall off right in this moment. You see, the reason that I did that, the reason why I got on the sea dew out into the ocean to go look at sharks, is because my friend was with me. My friend was with me. And you see, the devil wants us to believe that we are alone, isolated, And abandoned. The devil wants us, wants us to believe that we're alone, isolated, and abandoned. But God's word reminds us that never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Hebrews 13:5. The hope and promise this Christmas is that God is with us. And for those who choose to embrace Him, they experience His hope, His love. His joy and peace, because He's not just God with us, but He can become God in us. The hope and promise this Christmas is that we can personally experience God's love, His hope, His joy and peace for those who choose to embrace Him. He becomes God in us. So if you have your Bibles or smartphones, we're going to be looking in the book of Matthew. First book in the New Testament, chapter 1. Our passage is going to be on the screen as well. And we're going to be looking at the birth of Jesus from the perspective of Joseph. So this is what God's Word says. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and he took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. So what's going on? What's the context? Well, at this point in Jewish history, the nation of Israel was overtaken by the Roman Empire. Jews were poorly mistreated. In fact, they had no rights whatsoever. The Romans had all the rights and they could do whatever they wanted to do. Roman soldiers poorly mistreated the Jewish people. And for hundreds of years, Jews waited for a Messiah, someone that would save the nation of Israel to get them out of this oppression and being wrongfully mistreated. In our passage of Scripture, we see and we discover that Joseph found out that Mary was pregnant. And he was not the father. And so he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But God intervened. God communicated to Joseph. And he said that this pregnancy is his plan. And like the woman at the bus stop, Joseph could choose to either ignore Mary and this child... It's the family's responsibility. Or he could choose to embrace Mary and this child as his own. In verse 24, we see what Joseph did. Scripture says that he did what the angel of the Lord commanded him, and he took Mary home as his wife. You see, Joseph had every right to divorce Mary. He had every right to divorce Mary. Yet even though he didn't fully understand what God was doing, God's plan, he chose to believe and to obey God and set aside the cost of his reputation. What would people say if they found out that Mary was pregnant and he wasn't the father? What would they say? But Joseph made the hard choice and he demonstrated remarkable faith and trust in God. Rather than following the cultural norm, which would have been to divorce Mary, Joseph made the hard choice. Joseph made the hard choice. And it's because of Joseph's prompt obedience to God that we see him embrace this child as his own, to raise him. And we understand our first point, that the baby in the manger is Jesus. The baby in the manger is Jesus, his God-given name. Our name marks and identifies us. It's more than just ink on a page. Over time, as people get to know us, when people hear our name, it can bring up past experiences, joys, maybe even struggles, too. Most often, our parents name us, And there was probably a reason that they gave us our name. When I hear the name Mariah, I immediately think of my wife. I think of her loving and gentle spirit. I think of her tenacious spirit, too, being very determined at times. And it's very hard for me to separate my wife from the name Mariah. Names are precious. That is why we don't like our name mocked, made fun of, or even misspelled. Funny nicknames are one thing, but disrespect and slander of our name is something completely different. God makes it clear in Scripture that Jesus' name is to be held in high, high respect. Jesus' name is to be held in high respect. Philippians 2.9 says, God gave him the name that is above every other name. The apostles proclaimed, There is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. In the Lord's Prayer, we say, Hallowed be thy name. Holy is the name of Of our God. And the third commandment talks about do not use the Lord's name in vain. Unfortunately, the holy importance of God's name can be tarnished. The name of Jesus can be tarnished when, in a fit of rage, anger, we say things like, OMG, or we say things like, Jesus. And rather than people attributing the name of Jesus to be holy, they attribute the name of Jesus to be a swear word. Rather than the holy importance, the highness, the respect of the name of Jesus. And so what is the significance of Jesus' name? Well, it's clear that naming the baby was not left up to Joseph and Mary. Rather, it was predetermined by God himself. In verse 21, the angel said, She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. You are to give him the name Jesus. Jesus comes from the Greek and English equivalent to the Hebrew name Joshua which means Yahweh saves. Jesus' name literally means salvation. And he became human to be our Savior. Now, to be clear, Jesus existed before he was born in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago. We see this in John chapter 1, verse 1, when it says, "...in the beginning was the word." And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. John is using figurative language here to describe that when he says the Word, he's actually referring to Jesus. Jesus is God, and man, and one person. God chose Jesus to be his messenger, to speak out the Word, and tell us about himself. Jesus is God, he is eternal. He is holy. He is the second person in the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. But for 30 years, Jesus humbled himself. And he was made in human likeness. And he lived in what we call Israel. In verses 1 and 18, Jesus' full name is mentioned. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. The word Christ comes from the Greek and English equivalent to the Hebrew name and title, which is Messiah, the anointed one. Messiah, Christ, are interchangeable, and it means anointed. It is God himself. Jesus is his human name But Christ, or Messiah, is one of his titles. He is the anointed Son of God. Now, in the Old Testament, prophets, priests, and kings, they were anointed by oil to set them apart for the important position that they would hold. They were chosen, they were consecrated by God for the work that God gave them. In Isaiah 61, 1, it says, The Lord has anointed me, Jesus, to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness prisoners. Jesus is and was set apart for a specific purpose. He was chosen before he was even born for a high calling. Jesus is the anointed Son of God. In the Gospels, the apostles declared that Jesus is the Messiah. Some people were asking, you know, who is Jesus? Some people said, well, he's he's John the Baptist. He's just a good teacher. He's a good man. But Jesus asked point blank his disciples, his followers, those that are walking and interacting with him, he said, Who do you say that I am? One of the apostles said, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus confirmed he was the Messiah in a conversation with a woman by saying, I am he, the one that you are looking for. And Jesus demonstrated he was the Messiah, our suffering servant. In Isaiah 53.5, it says, But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds, we are healed. Jesus is the chosen one. He is anointed by God to save God's people, all people, from their sins. And as the Messiah, as the Christ, he offers forgiveness, salvation from sin, and a special place in his kingdom for you and for me. Keith Matheson, a theologian, is quoted as saying, Jesus not only understood himself to be the promised Messiah, he also says and does things throughout the Gospels that make it clear he understood himself to be God incarnate. God in the flesh. There's a song we sing in church that goes like this. Jesus Messiah, the name above all names. He's blessed Redeemer, Emmanuel, the rescue for sinners. The ransom from heaven is Jesus, Messiah, and he's Lord of all. When I looked up the name of Mariah, the meaning and significance behind her name, the name Mariah means the Lord is my teacher. I find it pretty interesting that Mariah is an excellent student, and she's a phenomenal teacher too as she learns from her real teacher. The name Jedidiah, my real name, means loved by God. And I know there's multiple names that are represented in this room and those that are watching us online, and maybe you might want to understand the significance of your name. What does it mean? It maybe helps us understand who we are, God's calling, his expectation for our life. Because the meaning behind Jesus' name gives light to his mission, why Jesus was born. We see in our passage of Scripture, in verses 21, which says, because he will save his people from their sins. Jesus' name. He will save his people from their sins. The angel said, because. Before Jesus was even born, he was destined to be the fulfillment of God's plan for this world. There's a theological word that goes like this, protovangelium. Protovangelium, and it means the first gospel. The gospel means the good news of Jesus Christ. The first indication in the Bible of God's plan of salvation. And we see this in the book of Genesis chapter three. This is right after the fall in which Adam and Eve took from the tree that they were told not to do. And right after that incident, God spoke and he talked about how, in Genesis 3.15, he talked about how someone would come to crush Satan's head for the sin that he introduced into this world. Someone would come, our Savior, to save, it comes from the Greek word sodzo which means to heal, rescue, to deliver us from danger. It refers to how Jesus' mission is to be our Savior, deliver us from the penalty and power of sin, and offer forgiveness, spiritual salvation, to all those who embrace Him as Savior of their life. William Barclay is quoted as saying, Jesus was not so much the man born to be king, as he was the man born to be our Savior. He was born to be our Savior. Now, there was much Jewish, Jewish speculation of a Messiah, a Savior, someone that would come to rescue the nation of Israel. But there was no speculation of this Messiah who would give his own life as a ransom, who would pay the price for our sin. Matthew 20, 28 says, The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give His life as a ransom for many. Because of the fall in Genesis chapter 3, we all have a sinful nature. We're all inclined to do things that are wrong and contrary to what God is asking us to do. And so think of it this way. Our sins are like crimes against God. And every crime has a penalty. Every crime has a penalty. The Bible is clear that the penalty and the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. If we die without our sins forgiven, we will be eternally separated from God. And if you think of all the crimes that each of us have committed against God, it's probably a pretty huge debt. If you think of all the crimes, things that we've done wrong, it's, it's probably a pretty huge debt. Now multiply that by the crimes and sins of all people, of all time, that they have committed against God. Who on earth could pay that debt? Only the eternal Son of God, who lived a sinless life. Only the eternal Son of God, who is without sin, Hebrews 4.15, could pay that size of debt. And in paying and in doing so, He saved us from the penalty of our sins, but also the debt of all people for all time. Because we believe in 1 John 2.2, that Jesus is the atoning sacrifice for our sins and also for the sins of the whole world. Because Jesus became our Savior, He now offers the gift of God, which is eternal life with Jesus. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life with Him. And so what does this mean for us today? Well, the name of Jesus specifies what he does. Jesus is our Savior. Jesus is our Savior. And we have a choice to either embrace this miraculous child born in a manger, or we can choose to ignore him. John 1.12 says, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of, of God, to receive, to accept, to embrace Him, to believe, to have faith and trust in. He gave the right to become children of God, adopted into God's family, that He becomes our Heavenly Father. Jesus, name above all names, beautiful Savior, glorious Lord. Emmanuel, God is with us, beautiful Redeemer, living word. The birth of Jesus made possible not just a new way of uh, understanding life, but a new way of living it. Jesus provided A new way of living life that no longer are we in darkness, but he brought us into light. Jesus is the light and the hope of this world. This is the mystery of the manger. It is good news. We can be forgiven, reconciled back to a holy God because Jesus took the punishment for our sins and he became our savior. But what about for other people who have already accepted Jesus Christ into their heart as Savior? Well, have we at times maybe misused the name of Jesus? Have we at times maybe not recognized the holy importance of the name of Jesus? Maybe we slipped up and used the name of Jesus in a bad way. Or maybe there were other people around us who were using Jesus' name in a very hurtful, in a swear word kind of way, and we just remained silent. We didn't say anything when we knew that we should have. The name of Jesus specifies what he does. He is our Savior. Our second point, not only is Jesus' name synonymous with being our Savior and our Messiah, but the baby in the manger is Emmanuel, his title. And you see, we have different titles for different positions. We have doctors, pastors, professors, queens, prime ministers, premiers, and their title represents the position that they hold. And typically it commands a level of respect. And most often in the Gospels, Jesus is not referred to as his human name. Most often when people speak of Jesus or speak to him, they use Jesus' titles. Rabbi, teacher, Lord, master. And so, what is the significance of Jesus' title? Well, in verse 23, the latter part, the angel said, they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with. Us. Matthew is highlighting the words of the prophet of Isaiah in Isaiah 7.14, in which the prophet Isaiah predicted 700 years before Jesus was born, the hope of one day God making himself present with his people. You see, the word Emmanuel actually only appears in the Bible three times. In our passage of scripture that we're reading, And in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, and chapter 8, verse 8. And it describes the nature of who Jesus is. He is God who has come to dwell with us. Jesus' title of Emmanuel describes his nature. God wanted to be with us. And you see, God had always been present with the nation of Israel. He was present through a pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire by night in Exodus 13. He was present and revealed himself through the Ark of the Covenant. The psalmist once said, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? But never was God so clearly present with his people as he was through his son, Jesus Christ, in human form. You see, the son is the exact representation of his being Hebrews 1.3. And the significance of Jesus' title, Emmanuel, is that God is no longer in heaven or objects, but he made himself fully accessible, visible, relatable, and knowable in the person of Jesus. Jesus came as the mediator between God and man to help restore our relationship with him. And you see, God wants to be with us even when we don't want anything to do with him. He is here, and I believe God is reaching out to us. Remember what I said earlier about how sometimes what we do is influenced by who is with us? You know, sometimes what we do is influenced by who is with us? Well, today, I believe we can live a bold holy, and courageous life. Why? Because God is with us. And so that begs the question, why did God come to be with us? Why did God come to be with us? Well, we've understood that Jesus is the only one who could pay our debt to God. He lived a sinless life. He was born to be our Savior. But Jesus also came so that he could know by experience what it was like to be a human, susceptible to pain, temptations, struggles, being abandoned, isolated, feeling like you are alone. Jesus came to identify with us. Now, to be clear, Jesus was and is God, but for 33 years, he lived a human life. In heaven, God never experiences physical pain. He is not temptable, and he doesn't tempt anyone, James 1.13. But while Jesus lived in this world, he experienced physical pain. And the Bible says he was tempted just like we are, yet he did not sin. And because he lived among us, he now serves in heaven as our faithful high priest. You see, Jesus can identify with us. And because he can identify with us, he goes to bat for us to God. Of all the religions in this world, only Christianity reveals a God who embraces our pain with us. Of all the religions in this world, only Christianity reveals a God who embraces, who understands through personal experience our pain. Jesus can relate with us. And so why does this matter? Because when we're praying to God and when we're asking for forgiveness, we have someone going to bat for us. Jesus is speaking to God the Father on our behalf our faithful high priest. And wouldn't it be interesting to hear the conversation between Jesus and God? Can you imagine, like, what is Jesus saying to God? You know, think of it like a courtroom. He, he's our lawyer. He, he's defending us to the judge, which is God. And so I thought about it this week, and you know, what would Jesus be saying? So I thought, maybe Jesus might be saying something like this. God, they're trying to live a Christ-like life But Satan's power and his influence is hard to ignore. Their minds are fallible. They're easily deceived by temptations and evil. And even though they do not earn or deserve our forgiveness by their actions, they're asking for mercy. They're asking for forgiveness. And because grace is a gift, let's extend mercy. And pardon them. 2,000 years ago, Jesus was God's presence on this earth. But since Jesus' death and resurrection, the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, now represents Jesus' presence. He can dwell within us. John 14, 16, Jesus said as he was about to leave his disciples, he said, I will ask the Father and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. To be with you forever. And we believe when we accept Jesus Christ into our heart, the Holy Spirit dwells within the believer and he takes on the role as Jesus, our comforter, our encourager, our teacher, He is God within us. The Holy Spirit doesn't walk, uh, the Holy Spirit not only walks with us, but he enables us to make choices that are honoring and pleasing to God and empowers us for effective service. The significance of Emmanuel, God with us, is that God reached out to us he initiated contact with us in the form of a child, a baby that he graciously gave to this whole world. Today, we can choose to either embrace this child or choose to ignore him and do our own thing. So what does this mean for us today? The title of Jesus Emmanuel specifies who he is and we can experience him personally his promise is that he will never leave you he will never forsake you you can experience his hope his love his joy and peace in a personal way because he's not just god with us but god in us but it begins with a choice A choice to either embrace this child as our Savior, our Lord, the holy name of Jesus, our Redeemer, our Comforter, God with us, or we choose to ignore Him and we live life how we want to live. The choice is ours. Nobody can make it for us. And so what have we been talking about? well the baby in the manger is jesus and the point is is that god wants us to embrace and accept jesus as our savior that's the point but our second point is that the baby in the manger is emmanuel and the point is this god wants us to experience god with us in order to help us today make god honoring choices live a life pleasing and honoring to him and save us for eternity to spend with him in heaven. I came across this poem in closing and it goes like this. He was born in an obscure village. He worked in a carpenter shop until he was 30. He then became an itinerant preacher. He never held office. He never had a family or owned a house. He didn't go to college. He had no credentials but himself. He was only 33 when the public turned against him. 19 centuries have come and gone and today he is the central figure of the human race. All the armies that ever marched, all the navies that ever sailed, all the parliaments that ever sat, and all the kings that ever reigned have not affected the life of a man on this earth as much as that one solitary life. Jesus is our Savior. And this week as I I was praying, I felt as though the Lord gave me three words to share. I'm not going to add my interpretation. I'm not going to add anything more to them. I don't know who they're for, but I trust that you will be encouraged with them, light, purity, plan, light, purity, plan. So where are you today? Do you know Jesus as your Savior? Are you walking with him and embracing his plan? Do you understand that He is God with us to help us, to strengthen us, to enable us to be His hands and feet, to shine His light to this world? Romans 15, 13, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for who you are. We thank you that you initiated contact with us. Jesus, you wanted to be with us, even when we wanted nothing to do with you. And so, Jesus, I thank you that you first loved us. The King has come, our Savior, our Emmanuel, God with us, here and now, light in the darkness Jesus I pray that that would take root in our life you are Emmanuel God with us but you can become God in us as we continue to surrender to you and so Jesus help us to be your hands and feet that as people see us they see an accurate reflection of who you are in the precious and powerful name of Jesus we pray amen